I recommend we start the CXM experience. I'm Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler, and today we're talking about recommendations. All right, so I uh, I worked at Procter and Gamble. Uh, in some ways, what seems like a long time ago, in other ways, it seems like yesterday. Um, had an amazing experience at Procter and Gamble. Um, I loved it when I was there, and. Um, I think in retrospect, I should have probably loved it even more. I had amazing, amazing managers. Um, I started working for Fernando Aguirre, who is actually, um, actually Tim Penner. I should start with Tim. I started working for Tim Penner. Tim, Pen- Tim hired me. And Tim actually became president for P&G Canada, did really well, also did very well with stocks, and uh, had an amazing wife, Pat Penner. The two of them worked together great model for couples. And I just, um, I had so much respect and admiration for Tim and Pat. Uh, they were just almost not even human. They were just amazing people. And he was, he, he had my favorite, I think my favorite Tim quote, and there were, there were a lot. And we, <laughs> so we had some pretty insane experiences together, but uh, there was this great moment where I made a I made a big mistake. I don't even remember exactly what it was, but uh, I made some kind of mistake um, that that cost the company millions of dollars. <laughs> it's, like, it's so many so many mistakes that's hard to remember which one it was. But honestly, I don't actually remember what I actually did. But I do remember feeling really bad about it. And uh, it's sort of like the the dust had settled. I fixed whatever I could fix. We got it back under control. And uh, and I turned to Tim in in a meeting. And I said, hey, you know, I'm r- really sorry. Obviously, it wasn't intentional. It was, a, it was an accident and it was an unintentional error. I said, but uh, I'm, you know, fully prepared to offer you my resignation and, um, you know, happy to clear up my desk and leave tomorrow. And in the P&G culture, which was in some ways really cool, uh, but it was super, super harsh in terms of the way uh, it winnowed the team down, right? So... You know, I started in a class of about 35 people, and nine years later, I was the only one left. And, and you know, people get kind of fired and frog-marched out of the company right, left, and center. It was pretty it was pretty crazy. So you kind of got used to just people being fired right, left, and center all the time. And so I offered my resignation. And Tim looked at me with this kind of weird look on his face, and he said, um, what are you talking about? We just invested $10 million in you. You're not leaving. You're staying. <laughs> not wasting that money. Great lesson. And, I, and they, the company definitely got that value out of me. Um, the second person I worked for was Fernando Aguirre. And Fernando was, um, ended up becoming CEO for Chiquita, uh, very active in the Juvenile Diabetes uh, Foundation. So he's done a lot of good for a lot of people. And he was um, someone I kind of sometimes wish I'd spent more time with him personally because he and I, I thought were connected very well that way. But we spent a lot of time together in a business context. And he was an amazing individual. And the third person who was my manager was Bob McDonald. And Bob, uh, if you know Bob, he went on to become CEO for the whole company. Uh, so he did okay. <laughs> and then he ended up becoming secretary of the VA and has had an amazing uh, non-commercial career since then, is on the Biden Transition Committee and is a very highly respected member of society and, and a great friend of mine as well. So that was like just I was blessed with amazing people uh, that I got to work with, and I think back, you know, it's it's funny when you work for amazing managers, 
um, it really is, it really is striking. And, uh, and you really, um, you really learn to appreciate it as you move through your career and have different kinds of managerial experiences. And so one of the things that was great about P&G is that the culture of P&G is a promote from within culture. And what that means is that everybody who works at P&G started right out of school and continues to get promoted through the company. So the saying at the time when I started was that in 30 years, uh, the, C- the next CEO of the company has been hired. So we, from someone from this you know, incoming class is going to one day be the CEO. That's sort of softened a tiny bit, but not completely. And it's still very much a P&G cultural attribute. There are negatives to that cultural approach. One of the negatives would be that you um, get a bit of groupthink. And it may be difficult to bring in outside innovation. I'm not sure that's completely true, but you know, I, there's, there's an argument that new voices and new faces can create a more innovative environment that's not crazy. Uh, but it does have some very significant advantages. One of those advantages is that you have a common language. Everyone's acronyms mean the same thing. Uh, everyone can talk the same way. When you, when, you, when you operate in the same way and you communicate in the same way, clarity is really high and you can get things done very quickly. So it's a very operationally effective way of working. And one of the key moments or one of the key kind of elements of the operation of Procter & Gamble is the recommendation. Uh, and the recommendation is a document that allows the company to make decisions about whether it's going to do or not do something. And from very early stages in your career, you're taught how to write a recommendation. So uh, a few years ago, I guess about seven years ago, um, I had had this in my brain and I'd, I taught it to many of my teams uh, after I left Procter & Gamble. Uh, and I'd been teaching it actually quite a bit at Microsoft and I'd been creating a recommendation culture at Microsoft, which was quite effective. And I got, you know, a lot of people kept asking me to write it down for them, et cetera. And I finally thought, well, why don't I just stick it on the blog, right? So I've been doing Copernican Shift for about 15 years. And I threw up a post called Building a Recommendation Culture, How to Write a P&G Reco. And what's super cool is if you actually go on to Bing, and uh, yeah, I said Bing, I said Bing. And you go into Bing and you do a search for building a recommendation culture, how to write a PNG reco, you obviously get the article. Or if you just, just do a search on how to write a PNG recommendation, right? Just how to write a PNG recommendation. Um, I am the box result and I am the first result. This post I wrote seven years ago. Believe it or not, my little post on <laughs> Copernican Shift has become like the definitive description of how to write a PNG recommendation, which is, which is kind of cool. And I, I reread it frequently and, you know, I'm feeling very proud of this post. I think it was a really well-written and well-structured post. Let me just kind of go through you know, the core of what a PNG recommendation is. Um, you can read that post by doing the search I just described, but the, I actually, at the very bottom of the post, I have the actual template and there's basically a, a quick background, you know, what's going on. A recommendation, I recommend that we launch this product or make these changes. And then there's a basis for recommendation. The core of all this is the basis. And the basis has always got three supporting nodes. One is it's on strategy. So strategically aligned with where we're going as a company. Two, it's proven, super tricky. I'll come back to that in a second. And three, it's cost effective. Uh, It's going to pay out 
usually it's going to pay out in something between nine to 18 months, depending on your sort of company framework. Let's talk about on strategy for a second. On strategy is, you know, what are we trying to do? Where are we trying to go? What is the customer's customer perspective? How does this product or this initiative or this idea support where we're going strategically as a company? And as obvious as that may sound, many things that we do in companies are not strategically aligned. So this is a very important paragraph. That's why it comes first. The second one is proven. Proven is super tricky because if you're only doing things that are proven already, then how do you do new things, right? Um, I was very lucky. I, I actually worked on all what were called the minor brands uh, for detergent. And then I had one sort of major, which was Cheer. So Cheer was like where I spent most of my time. But I also had Ivory Snow, Draft, uh, Oxidol, Bold, Gain. I think there's one more. Sorry, I'm missing it. But the, you get the idea. And so what I would do is I would try things on the minor brands because no one really cared what I did there. As long as I didn't overspend the budget. And Fernando actually said to me, dude, don't overspend your budget. You don't need to show me anything you're doing on draft. Whatever you need to do, do it. I don't care. All I want to hear about is cheer. I would prove it on these small brands and then I would then roll it into cheer to drive success. And so I was able to always have a proven paragraph because I'd done some kind of POC and I knew that I had a high chance of success because I'd proven it already. And I wouldn't obviously do things that didn't work. And cost-effective is important. Is this thing going to pay out? Uh, do we have an understanding of where this thing's going to net out? And so that's the basis for recommendation. There's always a next step, assuming some kind of approval. And then I always like to end a recommendation with your approval, please, which is a very nice and polite way to say, say yes, please. <laughs> and that all fits onto one page. That's the key. If you can't say those things in one page, you don't have it thought through yet. And that's okay. It's okay. You, if you don't have it to one page, it's all right. You've got some more work to do. But if you cannot fit, and I have done massive national launches of you know multi, multi-million dollar products with one page records. Now there's obviously finance work that goes on behind the scenes and stuff like that. But the actual recommendation should always be one page. It's not one page like two-point type, like a readable one page with like normal margins, right? So that's what a recommendation looks like. So uh, have a look at the uh, post and um, there's some other writing tips in it, which is, you know, uh, there's a rule I have, which is, you know, write your paragraph uh, and then take the last sentence of the paragraph you've written and make it the first sentence. Because you know, the, the principle is that in business writing, especially with recommendations, you always give the end of the story first. So essentially tell me the conclusion and tell me how you got there. Uh, whereas in academic writing, you work to the conclusion. In business writing, you start with the conclusion and provide background. So there's some good tips like that in there as well. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, I'll talk about a few other P&G things as, as time goes on. It was a great influence on my career. Definitely the best decision I ever made in terms of where I went. The place I learned the most. And I've learned a lot in a lot of different places. But I've, I've never learned as much as I learned at P&G. And I still use every day things that I learned at PNG. Uh, it was an incredible experience. Um, and that is my cue to end this experience of the CXM experience. And I'm Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, and I'll see you next time.